What's going on, everybody? It's the Moderately Athletic Podcast, Season 1, Episode 19. We got an interesting episode on deck for you, fellas. This is a Thanksgiving special, and you want to know what I'm most thankful for? Tyler is gone. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. It's So it's very unfortunate Tyler cannot join us today. He has some... Uh, computer problems, uh, i.e. he dropped it and now it doesn't work, but we still have Mr. Decker on deck. Decker, how are you doing this morning? We, I'm doing great, Sam. This, most viewers will listen to this and think, wait a minute, am I in 2021? Well, no, you're not. This is 2022. This is, this is 2022 version of school chat here, so we are ready to rock and roll. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy. We got Skull Chat back throwback, baby. Uh, so, so we're going to keep this more succinct because this is going to be our Thanksgiving special. And we know that many people are busy on Thanksgiving. So we're going to give you content. It's going to be short form so you can listen to it on the bathroom uh, while you're trying to avoid your aunt that keeps pestering you with silly questions. Uh, but Decker, just a quick question. Um What's your favorite food on Thanksgiving? Um, actually, the mashed potatoes, man. Ooh. Those, those go hard, man. Mashed that potatoes good... are phenomenal. Nice, y- yeah. When you... A nice mashed potatoes with some cream cheese in it, man. Just so smooth, goes down Ooh. easy. Man, you're making me hungry. Oh my god. I mean, that that's a very good answer. Uh. I know a lot of people wouldn't probably call my answer to be food, but uh, I just think when you consider the fact that it makes makes everything it's associated with better, I'd have to go with gravy. Mm. You can put gravy on literally anything on your plate. You can put it on the turkey, the potatoes. You can put it on corn. You can put it. I'm. I, you can put it on stuffing, and it makes everything just a little bit better with that taste of gravy. Brown brown gravy can't go wrong, man. I, I I guarantee it. You like having a little stuff in your gravy, or do you like it just smooth? I I think I'd go for a smooth gravy most of the time. I that's definitely how I like it. I, mean, I don't hate hate the other kind of stuff, but just the smooth stuff. I mean, it feels like it's. What's the word? It's it's more fancy because yeah. because if I'm eating chunky uh, chunky gravy, I feel like oh wow, we're poor. We have a terrible strainer. I couldn't get the shit out of my gravy. But yeah, you know, so smooth gravy makes me feel high class. I guess is the way to put I hear it. You. I hear you. Yeah, but yep. Now that we got that nice Thanksgiving question out of the way, we're gonna talk about some of the games that we. Oh my god, this is week 11, 2021? Okay, sorry. So we're going to talk about maybe three games, three games that really mean a lot to us, and the first one that we'll definitely have to touch on, Decker, as the two Vikings fans of this podcast, is the unfortunate 40-3 to loss to the, to the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, I was quite confident going into this game, and... Uh, whew, there's just, no words for me personally. Do you have any words you'd like to share? Well, you know what? The narrative all week last week was how will the Vikings respond after a big game, a big win, 
And will they fall flat? Because that's how it's been for years now. It's the Vikings, Minneapolis Miracle, for example, having a highly emotional game, pull out on top, feel like we're on top of the world, and then the following week we get we just get rolled. And I thought this, this past week was going to be different. I really did. I thought, you know, mainly with the new culture and the new regime we have in there, I thought KOC would keep the boys focused, have a good week of practice, be very prepared for this game, and not have an emotional hangover. But in the end, it was all writing on the wall. You know, little lack of preparation. Dallas is ang- Dallas was angry after getting embarrassed in Green Bay, and they came out just flawless. I mean, Dak looked phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Tony Pollard is going to get paid this off season. I, Definitely, it's, it's a shame that Zeke even still has to be there in Dallas because of how good Tony Pollard is. But yeah, Dallas's D played great. Micah playing like defensive player of the year, which he probably will be. For the Vikings, I'm I'm glad that we get to get to play tomorrow night against New England because it's a chance to fastly put this past week behind us and just move on. I, I'm confident that we will be able to regroup, refocus, and KOC will get the boys back on track. I think it was just a one-week instance where it just kind of went wrong, which in the end might not be so bad because maybe a little drop down back to earth is is was what was needed. I would have to agree with that. Yeah, it's yeah. You get so just caught up in your own ego uh, that you almost forget that you can lose. You, yeah, you think you're invincible, and I mean, um, got to be reminded that you have that Achilles heel. You know, so I not much else to say. It, 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 it was just complete ineptitude, and we just got to try and try and right the ship on Thursday. Uh, moving on, we have. I think what is one of the most interesting storylines in the league. I remember when these guys were one and six, and I said to myself, "Man, there's no way that that they're going to go ten and seven. But they've won three in a row. They're four and six now, and then it's the Lions, and they're coming off a huge win, thirty-one to eighteen against the New York Giants. Uh, Decker, what?" What do we think is changing in Detroit? Do we think that Man Campbell finally has got a hold on this team again? I remember when they were 1-6, and six, we were talking about, man, after this year, Dan Campbell probably probably will be fired. And for us as and for us as podcasters and fans of, of football, that would have been a shame because Dan Campbell is a is a media darling. But we're, we're here at 4-6 and six for the Lions, rattling off three in a row when it's looking like Dan Campbell's probably going to stay, and the guys are finally starting to buy into this because they they are just doing a lot of things right right now. Their running game, you know, Jamal Williams has been a workhorse, twelve total rushing touchdowns this year, and Swifty's been DeAndre Swift's been, you know, not the star number one that the Lions saw and and, and us as fans vision, but. He's playing still a decent complementary role. He's doing more out of the back, out of receiving game than actual running. So, you know, they're doing that right. Goff isn't doing a whole lot right now, you know, and he and he doesn't need to be for this team right now. Like, sure, throw the ball to Amon Ra, let him get his touches. But other than that, you know, ground and pound on the on the on the run game, and their defense is doing enough too right now. Like that that first one they got against Green Bay was their first great defensive masterpiece, and they really haven't looked back since then. I mean, you know, Aiden Hutchinson had a great game against the Giants, especially that pick, and everything around that. They seems like, the, you know, Jeff Okuda is playing great at, at, on the boundary 
and they're doing so much right right now. And I, I if you would have told me on Thanksgiving Day that the Bills and Lions, I think, could actually be a pretty competitive game, I, I probably would have said you're lying. But here we are, and I think I think tomorrow, I think it's going to be close. Actually, I think the Lions are going to keep it close with Buffalo. Yeah, no, I would have to agree with that, especially with how just kind of rocky and shaky Buffalo's looked recently. Uh, and yeah, no, I'm. I mean, obviously, I've always wanted the Lions to succeed. I, I mean, not more than the Vikings will will succeed, but they're just like that little brother that you want to see finally take the training wheels off and go full speed DMX type shit. Yes. Uh, but, yep, they're definitely a team to keep an eye on, and they're still on pace for ten and seven. Yes. Yeah. Um, what else is there? What's another goal we should highlight? I'm. I mean. We'll keep this one brief, but uh, Bears and Falcons, uh, you know, it was another uh, shootout for Mr. Adam Rank, mm-hmm. but guess what, buddy? Uh, Justin Fields can't win games. No. So, yep, because they lost 24-27. to 27. Uh, Falcons are second in the South. Bears are last now in the NFC North. Now, a lot of Bears fans say constantly, Decker, they say that they are just a, just a few pieces away from being in contention. That's all I ever see on Twitter, Instagram, all social media. Do you think that they're that close, or uh, do we think that this is just Fields absolutely carrying this team to their current top potential? Right now, it's it's definitely Fields carrying. They need they need pieces. I think I think at running back they are. I think I run them back. They're set. They're set for. I think if they want to be in a, like a competitive rebuild next year or, or in two years, I think Montgomery and Herbert in the backfield are are good pieces. I think you can work with that. Receiver, it's so tough to tell. Like, I think Mooney's talented for sure, but Fields needs to develop as a passer. And yes, you know they went out and got Claypool as like this big target to try and help him get better in that area. And, and work on that, but I don't think Claypool's the piece you need. You you need. I think they got to go, whether it be free agency or trade this offseason. I think you need to go get. If you're dead serious about this, go get like when the. You know, I'm not saying go get as as big of a name as this, but I mean when the Cardinals went and got D Hop, you know, mm. it was it was Kyler's that was going into his second year. Yeah, I think it was his second year, and and they wanted to go get him a big target to help him improve. And I think that's what Fields would need. Because I, I think this receiving core right now just isn't competitive, very competitive, deep playoff run. Like, you know, Cole Komet, meh. You know, he's had a few good weeks here, but yeah, you know. Uh, but the but the but the big thing that's been crossing my mind this week since Sunday's games is, imagine if Justin Fields was on the Jets, and this is where I think the Jet. Now to completely turn pages and go to the Jets real quick, I yes, think of course. the Jets. I think the Jets in the twenty twenty one draft whiffed. Obviously that's oh, obviously that's known definitely. But imagine if they would have had Justin Fields on this team. The Jets, what Justin Fields needs, because he's been playing at the top of his game right now. Now, granted, he's I don't know if he'll be playing this week. He's a little banged up with that shoulder, but Fields is everything that the Jets would want right now. You know, he's he's great on the he's great in the run game. Okay, he's doing enough as a passer. You know, right now, obviously, he can take steps ahead, but he's doing enough. Where his offense is putting up points. 
Now, if the Jets had this paired with their defense, that would be that would be really fun. I think that would Jets, actually be a fantastic team. And Jets, or Justin Fields, sorry. But the Jets, what they want is accountability. And Justin Fields came out, and this is where two opposites meet. Zach Wilson obviously took no accountability for Sunday's game. Completely, completely shut down the fact that he let the defense down. Fields, I saw after the Bears game, apologized to the defense, saying he didn't do enough on offense to help them out. But at least Fields is being accountable. You know, he's he's liked by teammates. This would be this would be the guy that the Jets would have wanted, and that's what, that's a really big whiff they had because Zach Wilson is looking like a complete. Just, he looked terrible. Just just kid. He's a kid. He is a kid. Yeah. He, He's, he's a kid. He's, <laughs> he can't. He can't take that next step as an adult right now. Yeah, I, that's that's definitely fair. Which I'm glad that that you did transition into the Jets, because I did want to share my little nugget of information. First off, yeah, Jets put up three points. Patriots won off of a last second punt return touchdown, uh, and Zach said that. He should not be blamed at all for only three points on the board, being the quarterback of the offense. Uh, I'm in my little hot take. I'm gonna just throw 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 this in there. Here's my little Thanksgiving prediction. I think that during this off season, we're going to see one of the Niners QBs in New York next year, whether that be Jimmy G or maybe it's Trey Lance. Who knows? I think that if the Niners make a very impressive run, um, um, and plus by very impressive, I mean Super Bowl win, I think that maybe they roll with Jimmy G and they take out Trey Lance. Get a really good value draft pick while he's still kind of unknown. That's yeah. certainly a possibility, but the more likely is that I think we'll see Jimmy G in New York next year. Because they need an accurate passer. Yeah, I think, I think the Jets just have to just take it as a loss, move on from Zach Wilson. I mean, you're already, you know, a year and a half into his career. And, you know, usually a year and a half in, the quarterback's showing signs and improving. And, you know, the rookie year is supposed to be bad. Sure, it's supposed to be having his ups and downs. But, you know, usually year two is supposed to be improvement signs. And he is not doing that right now. And and the fact that we're here in, in week 12 of his second year and Robert Sala is considering putting in Mike White or Joe Flacco for this team right now. Yeah, I think you got to take it as a loss and, and start evaluating after the season. I'd have to agree. Yeah, it's he. It, it, he's a wash, just like every Jets quarterback since Joe Namath. Uh, I I think that's all the games that I really wanted to go over. Um, are are there any games jumping out at you that you want to go over? Uh, let me see. I let's see. Uh, the Rams Saints. Rams were are awful. I mean, they're the yeah. first. They're the first team to through ten or through ten games that they've played. They're three and seven. That's the yep. worst by a previous Super Bowl champion uh, ever. So, Rams look awful. They, yeah. I think, I think a rebuild. I, I don't know if it's a rebuild or just retool after this year, but I mean, you got to address the O line. Yeah, um, definitely. You need more. You need more capable weapons. I mean, yes, Cooper Cup, granted, he's injured right now. I don't know if he'll probably return this year because I think the Rams will fall out of contention, and I think he'll just rest up for next year. 
That's that yeah, probably most likely. You know, granted he can do all the work by himself, but man, it'd be nice. You know, they tried with Allen Robinson. I think Allen Robinson showed he's just not he's not the player he was back in his Jacksonville days and then when he went to Chicago for the first year. Yeah. Um but yeah, and, and you gotta you just gotta you gotta get a running back too. You gotta get a you gotta get a good running back. You know, back there. Daryl Henderson got released yesterday. They're gonna try it. Looks like they're gonna try it again with Cam Akers and Kyron Williams, but you know, it, it's been a mess for them. The defense, which when they brought in Bobby Wagner was supposed to be, they everybody thought tops in this league, top five, and and, and nothing's clicking right now. Their defense looks like a mess. So I don't know. I don't know if what's gonna go on if, if you know all this all this rumors from this past offseason of Donald possibly retiring and McVay possibly retiring, and I, I think that just took it a lot into this year, and they just look like I'm, I don't know if they got to go into a full rebuild or retool at this point, but you know. There's a lot of questions to be addressed for the for the Rams. Yeah, I mean, I feel like with the amount of big contracts they have, uh, it's probably going to be a retool. But there's just no way that that they can keep all those big contracts and address some of the needs they have. So I, I'm sure we'll see a few big names gone by 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 next year in LA simply because of cap or because they want to leave because the Rams aren't good anymore. But we'll have to see. But, yep, that's our uh, quick little recap over week 11. And now we're going to predict the Thanksgiving games. So make sure you watch this before uh, 11.30. Yep. Uh, Central time. Central time. Because because, because that's the first game. And need time to place your bets. We're going to give you all the predictions here, baby. All right. Well, first off. We have the Bills versus the Lions. Uh, Buffalo's playing in Detroit for the second week in a row, and Lions are hoping to uh, to uh, to extend their win streak to four wins. Uh, this is going to be a tough one to predict, honestly. Just with the Lions being at home, I mean, I know Bills Mafia travels well, but this might be closer than people thought three three weeks ago. Uh, Deck, do you have any idea who you might be taking in this one? So it looks like as of right now, the Bills are nine and a half point favorites. Ooh. I'm gonna say, I'll say they win by like eight to ten. I, I think the Lions will keep it closer than people thought. The Lions are playing great ball. Bills, obviously, the past ever since that Jets loss, you know, Allen has you know ever since the proclaimed elbow injury for Josh Allen, you know, he's looked a little bit off. That whole team. Especially this past week, they, they only beat the Browns by eight. I think it was the weird snow week for them, but I, I think the Bills ultimately pull it out. But don't don't think it's going to be a, an absolute killing like like uh, many people would have thought. Yeah, no, I would definitely take the under on that line. Okay, if you're betting, actually take the under because that is insane. Nine and a half. I think that the Lions will keep it close with them for the most part. But I'm sure that that'll be high scoring regardless. Probably something in like the 30s for both teams, uh, which will be exciting to watch for sure. So I, I think I'd also take the Bills. All right, moving on, we have the Giants versus the Cowboys. Well, uh, Cowboys are coming off the biggest win that they they've had in a long time, and the Giants are going to try to get back on track. Uh, Cow- Cowboys are home, obviously, so that's going to be a factor to keep in mind. Uh, 
I mean, I'll start. Uh, I I have to take the Cowboys. I think it, just with how good they looked, maybe maybe it'll be like a Vikings thing. You know, where like oh they get this big win and, and now they're caught lacking a little bit. But I don't think that's going to be the case. Uh, I would have to take the Cowboys though. I don't think this will be. I don't think this will be as close. Decker, what do you think? Yeah, this is an R one Dallas home favorites nine and a half points like the Bills. This is tough because Giants. I feel like Dable might get them back on track a little bit. Like last week was just a weird week. Saquon couldn't run the ball at all. You know, Daniel Jones has first turnovers in uh, seven weeks, I believe it was. Defense, oh. defense, just like that. I just think. I feel like this might be an hour closer one. I, I just we we see this with Dallas all the time. Dallas, everybody starts buying the Dallas again, especially after this Vikings win. Oh, Dallas might be Super Bowl contenders. You know they they got what what they got everything. They got the old line. They got the running game. They got Dax playing great. They got the weapons, defenses best in the league. I don't. I I just I can't buy. I never can buy into Dallas because they 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 will get be a first round exit every year. But talking about this game, I think Dallas. I think Dallas wins, but I, I I'd be I'd be tempted to take the under on this one too because they just can't. They won't be able to do what they did last week, obviously. And Giants, yeah. you know, maybe Dable gets these guys back on track a little bit because you know this isn't like Joe Judge or Pat Shermer, the previous coaches. I feel like Dable's a good coach, and I think he can get his team refocused too. So I, I'll take Dallas, but maybe by like a touchdown or so. I think it could be closer. Yeah, no, these really high spreads are quite surprising. I, I do think you'd have to take the take the under no no matter what. But yeah, and then the final game of Thanksgiving, we have the Patriots versus the Vikings. Obviously, Vikings are hoping to correct after last week, and the Patriots are hoping to build off their fantastic win against the Jets. I'm being sarcastic when I say fantastic. Because they only put up 10 points. But, to be fair, uh, Jets' defense is is objectively better than the Vikings' defense. Uh, certainly points-wise, because, because they adopted that bend-don't-break idea that Ed Donatel has. But they actually do it better. Uh, it's, this is so tough. Uh, because my, my, my biggest worry is that... I mean, a lot of teams going into this thing, uh, going into Vikings games, didn't really know what like the blueprint was was to be in this team. Um, and now Dallas has just gift wrapped them a perfect way to beat us with that film of the forty to three loss. Hopefully, our coaches are looking at that and then correcting those issues. But at the same time, it's a little concerning. But I don't think they have the same pass rush even with Matthew Judon. Uh, so. I'll take the Vikings in a close one. I mean, obviously one possession because that's a story of the year. Um, but this could go awry pretty quickly. Decker, what are you thinking? Yeah, so Vikes, two and a half point favorites. So the, the odd betters, obviously, you know, one possession games are a type of thing. I, I have to take the Vikes in this one. I Just be, simply because... I look at New England's offense. We're, you know, like Dallas, like this past week. Obviously, Dak, Pollard, you know, Zeke on the goal line. 
and CeeDee Lamb. You know, those guys can beat us on defense. I just don't see any pieces. Like, Ramondre Stevenson, yes, is a, is a great running back. He's very good. Outside yeah. of him, really, like, could I really see these weapons? Like, Jacoby Myers is, is, is having a good year, but can I really see these guys exploiting us for, you know, to overtake our offense? Like, New England's defense, the one way they could beat us is obviously, like you said, Matt Judon coming off the edge, and we have no Darius all this game. And their interior rush, especially if you line up over Ed Ingram, that would be the one way to beat us. You know, if you can, sh- if you just create that constant pressure like Dallas did, I, I, I'm with you, Sam. Like it's going to be a one possession game, but I got to take the Vikings. I just don't think New England has enough firepower to beat us on offense for them. And I just can't see our offense like three points last week. You know, is JJ going to get? Is JJ going to have back to back weeks of getting shut down like that? You know, is Dalvin had a good game last week. You know, a lot of people, I was like, like, I think Dalvin was the only bright spot. He ran 11 times for 72 yards, so he was putting up good yards per carry. But I just can't see, like, JJ and them, and them getting shut down again like they were like they did. And I I do think players are going to come out angry and, and embarrassed about last week and just want to prove, you know, this is a little bit different. So I'll take one possession yeah. game again like for the Vikes. Yeah, I mean, you have to make it – Make it one possession until they win a game that isn't. But yeah, I would definitely have to have to agree. Cause cause this is the biggest thing is their weapons difference. Yeah, uh, like that's Nel- like the biggest thing yeah. for Dallas. Like Nelson Aguilar is is Nelson Aguilar going to beat us? Is, you know, oh. John yeah, Smith, Kendrick Bourne. Yeah, Kendrick yeah. Bourne. Yeah. So yeah, I think I agree with you on that. And one. they're and they're going to be missing. Uh, looks like they're going to be missing at least. I think David Andrews. They're all pro center, Pro Bowl center. He got injured last week. He hasn't. He practiced limited, but I don't think he's going to play tomorrow. Isaiah Wynn, one of their tackles, he's kind of banged up. So, like, I still don't think Yeah, we can England get pressure can, probably too, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I just, it's going to be hard for New England to, to keep up with, on offense. I don't know. We'll see. Yep. That's all we can do is wait and see. Well, I hope that you have enjoyed the Moderately Athletic Podcast Thanksgiving special. Uh, you know... I think we should wrap up by saying one thing that we're both thankful for. Decker, what are you thankful for on this Thanksgiving day? I'm thankful for week 11 to be over and <laughs> new be- new beginnings in in this in this life here and this yes. in this week 12 and and yes, I I I'm grateful for the sun. I'm grateful for Everything we have outside right now, we we're, we're, we are blessed. Yes, we we truly do live in a beautiful place, uh, being planet Earth. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, I prompted you, but I really don't have an answer. But if I were to think off the top of my head, the one thing that I'm truly thankful for is you, the audience. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we, we love that you listen to us and make us feel like. Our opinions have meaning. Uh, if you've enjoyed, maybe share this with a friend. You know, uh, show them that you're thankful for them by sharing this video with them. Them, them, them. All right. Thank you so much, and have a good night, everyone. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.